I forgot to wear deodorant today. Uh, well, I showered. I forgot to. I put this T-shirt from a wine company on. Um, <laughs> on brand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing this Canadian T-shirt. It's, no, it's Italian. Um, oh, hey. yeah. Yeah. oh, this fucking shirt I got on. Yeah. Um, and but I took a shower uh, and shaved before coming here because I'm going to a PC music night later uh, with my girlfriend and some of her friends. Um, what, like Sophie or something? Uh, no, it's Danielle Harrell. Okay. Yeah, his girlfriend just called Sophie, so that's fine. Yeah, my oh, girlfriend is called go. Sophie. So it is Sophie. Yeah, so I, my girlfriend is... She's headlining. Yeah, my girlfriend is Sophie. Oh, the she'll be headlining, all right. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was going to try... <laughs> ah, I, that's why I did that Hey-o. really... That's why yeah, I, because she's a, an accomplished musician. Yeah, oh, okay. that's why I did <laughs> Yeah, I'm. 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 I just want to get my. I want to get my voice sampled in like a weird sort of round, hyper complex latex kind of way. I'm just I think out here trying cool. to get my voice sampled. <laughs> getting, your, getting your getting your voice sampled. Dot com. Mm. Uh, but I forgot to put on deodorant. But I found that Hussein, who's currently at the Bradford Literary Festival, has a se- like a which hollow- is a sentence and a half. A, a yeah. Halloween, a Halloween size Lynx Africa deodorant. Why, what makes it Halloween? Size? Well, it's it's like it's a candy you get on Halloween. It's so small, oh, it's yeah. scary. Or maybe a giant deodorant can. Or maybe it'd be like just a scary size. Yeah, it's 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 Halloween. extra spooky, <laughs> terrifying size. It's terrifying. Terri- you have a size. you have a terrifyingly yeah, those, small um, amount of deodorant. You those can scare stories about how you get like razor blades and apples, but it's the sneaking links into yeah, your sneaking child's. Links into- uh, Halloween basket, <laughs> really strong links. As yeah, well. absolutely. Mm. So we're we're we all so re- welcome to the Trash Future Studio. We sound like we sound like we smell like a uh, a, a PE locker room from school because it smells heavily of Links Africa in here. Yeah, they're they're, they're sneaking Links Africa into your like Links Aqua Sport or whatever. So you're like secretly becoming African. That's the real danger of Halloween. <laughs> that's what the government doesn't want you to know. Yeah, that's, that's what it's, Steve it's, Bannon has been warning us about. Yeah, SJ Dubs are turning everyone African via via the deodorant. <laughs> yep, yeah, but but Milo, don't don't you know all all humans are African at some point? That's why I can say the word because I use Links Africa. Jesus, exactly. Marion Williamson went really dark for that a would second. Be, that would be a great ad, <laughs> and that's why I can say the word because I use Links Africa. Thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome back again to TF. It's TF time. It's 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 DJ TF Toe. Uh, just kidding. I would never listen to him. He's not very good. Uh, I'm Riley. You may remember me from all the previous episodes of this podcast. I am joined in studio by Milo. Hey, it's me, your boy. I'm eating some crisps. I'm living my best life. I've never listened to DJ Tiesto. Yeah. But I imagine that it's like all Dutch music, just sort of like like beating yourself over the head with a clog, really. Yeah, I think it's I think it's trance. Um, not, not my, not, not, not our favorite here at TF Studios, where we all know that techno is the only way forward. And of course, we are, we also have Nate on the boards. I don't know if you recall, there was a show from the 90s in the US called The Critic, uh, and John Lovitz voiced it, but the whole thing oh, is- Oh, I his, know. I his, know The Critic very well. His line is just, it stinks. And it's like, Riley just names every genre of music and goes, it stinks. That's just how it is. I, I expect that unless it's something you've already spoken effusively about, you're just going to hate it and yeah. I shouldn't even play it for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the rule. Everyone, like everyone on the TF Discord, now knows that the stuff Riley likes channel is really 
It's exclusively for the couple kinds of music that I really love. And chemsex. Could you really ever have imagined that the, the, the part of Discord Riley would post in the most is when he's like, I have a special channel where I only talk about things I like and I won't talk about anything else. And it's called Riley. Yeah. <laughs> Riley is literally like the really autistic child in school. I was like his special like calm down room. Yeah. But except what, it's online yeah, for Riley. But what if that guy had fans? Yeah, that is a terrifying prospect, isn't it? Anyway, thank you for being patrons. <laughs> we're uh, we're also joined by Alice on phone line from sunny, disturbingly sunny Glasgow. Yes, hello. Thankfully being spared the smell of Lynx Africa. Yes, no smell of Lynx Africa here. Or we don't or, or she or she she would be just taking all of us down. We only have deep fried Lynx Africa. <laughs> and also, um uh, we are joined today by guest Tom Usher, who is a writer and columnist. You can find him online at Tom Usher. Tom, how are you doing? I am good. I actually think Tiesto is really banging. Sorry to... He did that one song with Tina Sarah, which... Yeah. yeah, that was all right. No, nah, it was funny. Just Chance. Chance. Give Chance a chance. Everyone knows that. Famous quip. That is actually Alice's motto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tiesto's fucking hard. Just pronounced trans. <laughs> 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 I hate it when I buy biscuits and they have all of these trance fats in them. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know what happened. I just went out. I went out to go. I went out to go see um, um, Eric Prids, and now I have. I took all this pill, and apparently it was a stradiol. Mm. <laughs> You're gonna oh, do my. one uh, a becoming trans joke in every episode until everyone yes. gets thoroughly sick of it. Yep. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, so. Also, I wanted to know how how how's everyone beating the heat now that we have another summer of record-breaking heat waves in Europe? Oh, beating the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I actually so my wife and I had have scheduled a vacation uh and we're going on we're going on holiday next week. It's first time we've gone on holiday since we moved to the UK, except we're going to Marseille. Where it's like 112 degrees Fahrenheit slash what 42 Celsius yeah, today? Something thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. it's Killing insane. temperature. So, the temperature um, that kills you. We uh, we're we're going to enjoy a lovely holiday of only going out at night and hiding from the sun that wants to murder us. Uh -huh. Especially me because I'm whiter than shit. Fans may not know this, but uh, yeah. I am a particular shade of white that's basically translucent. Nate, Nate Nate is so white that anytime he puts on a shirt, it just turns into an oversized but tucked in golf shirt with an IT company logo on it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be already. Nate, Nate, Nate surviving a tour of Afghanistan and then coming back and being killed by the sun in Marseille. No, I'm probably going to die of fucking melanoma on my nose, which was exposed from outside of my helmet and got burned all the time in that country. Oh, damn. Yeah. Tactic, yeah, truly, tactical nose tru exposure. Tru tru truly. But I'll die an Australian, damn it. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, how, about, how about everyone no, else? Rack um, off, Bill. Get away from me, fucking nose. Are we, are, are, are we all enjoying the temporary reprieve of, um, of lovely tropical climates that definitely aren't foreboding of anything at all? I just I, came I, back from Albania, actually, for, uh, for two weeks, and it was so fucking hot there that I literally, like, every time I was getting on it, I basically was, like, getting fucked at a festival. And every time I'd come back with, like, a bottle of wine that, for weirdly, cost, like, £30, even though we were in Albania, and I thought everything would cost, like, 3 p um, it just I'd literally leave my leg out in the sun obviously because I was just so fucking waved off whatever the fuck I was doing and it would be sizzling you can probably see my whole body is a reddish brown colour yeah you, you can see my head as well yeah. also is a reddish Nicely brown toasted. Mm. and it's just every time I went out there for, so when I came back I was like oh actually it's quite pleasant here mm. not even that bad except for when you get on the tube and it's like the screeching seventh layer of hell basically 
You're the kind of guy, Tom, who when you say, I've just come back from Albania, <laughs> and like the imagination really runs wild as to what you may have been doing. Like that was yeah. my tour of Afghanistan. I yeah. just came back from my tour of Albania. Basically. I was closing some I saw deals some fucking things. with some very serious <laughs> men. Yeah. Basically, if you, want a, if you want a Soviet-made toothbrush, call me. <laughs> I've got thousands of them. See, um, the, because this is Welcome to the New Normal. Um, we're all talking about, ah, yes, well, when climate change comes, when climate change comes, guess what, everybody? It's fucking here, and it's, it's, it's in Europe, and I think it's here to stay. I don't think we're ever going to get a summer that doesn't have a record-breaking heat wave for a while until maybe we're plunged into a global ice age for some reason. Mm. Yeah. But on the plus side, it- France has managed to find a way to be extremely racist about this. Um, <laughs> oh, right, have they? Yes, how yeah. did they do that? Mm. They, they've, well, the thing they've is, been the climate's opening... been sneaking in on the boats through Greece. <laughs> They've been opening swimming pools in towns uh, at night to try and let people cool down, and they've had to close them because they're being a bit racist and they don't want Muslim women wearing like um, oh yeah the burkas bur- yeah burkinis. What the hell, man? <laughs> look, if you want to, the only reason we let people in the pool is to look at their titties. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah like the, we only let in the fatter boys. It's that the entirety, the entirety of France is like. Creepy guys taking, like, trying to take pictures, like, down blouses and bikinis yes, on photo. And on now they're phone. just boiling. <laughs> yeah, this is like some, just some crotchety French lifeguard, like, like fanning himself, going like, "Oh, the first thing you let the women wear the bikinis into the pool. The next thing you're telling me I cannot take oh. heroin during my job well, as a lifeguard." Like, France always suffers really badly during heat waves, probably because like their skin can't breathe through all the blackface makeup. <laughs> also, if uh, knowing French men, if I were a French woman and like it was allowed that I could like not be leered at by them, my god, I would do that right away. I remember you're a French woman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Anyway, so yeah, so France, France is trying to beat the heat with some pools, but um they had to think of the idea that there are non-white people living in France and so decided to die of heat stroke instead. I mean, because famously, what, 16 years ago in the heat wave, uh, France had something like tens of thousands of people die, mostly old people, uh, mostly in the South, but yeah. because exerting themselves really hard from drawing Muhammad too much. (laughs) (laughs) This is dying dying in a French heat wave, keeping the pools closed because you're mad that someone's wearing a burkini is, if anything, the fifth or sixth crusade. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... If you got to die for the glory of France, then that's just the way it's got to be sometimes, you know? As, as, as I lie on the pavement, last breath escape, escaping my lips, keeping the pool locked. Deus fault. It was like, Charles Martel would approve of this. Charles Martel actually died of heat stroke. If, if anything, this is, it's like the Chanson du Geste, but like, you know, instead of pulling down a valley on some invading moors, Roland is just a sort of fat old a fat old man locking a pool closed and dying of heat stroke because he's mad he can't yeah. look at some titties. Well, the most the most French way of dealing with this would be to divide France into two parts. One part which sort of resists the climate and the other part which sort of accepts a kind of compromise with the climate <laughs> where like they agree to like let the climate take the people it wants, but they get to have a kind of like moderate temperature in that part of France. <laughs> yeah, um, so we can't negotiate with the climate. Um, the UK has some of its own strategies. The United States government does not negotiate with climates. <laughs> the, that always reminds... Whenever you say something like that, it always reminds me of something I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, where I, a very early job I had was at like a, like a, like a fancy suit store. Um, you said a fancy suit store. Fucking surprise. Uh, okay, number one, I'm a, I'm a ragamuffin now. I don't wear any nice clothes. 
Number two. You're wearing um, a fucking wine company t-shirt. How is you describe yourself as a I've ragamuffin? I've never seen a t-shirt look that clean yeah, you before. you describe yourself as a ragamuffin. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one. <laughs> um, but I remember that the owner of the suit, because I was uh, the owner of the suit shop, I was working there sort of when the financial crisis began, always referred to, quote, these economic times in his pep talks to the sales staff as though those times were particularly and more than more than others economic mm. just as we do not negotiate we do not negotiate with climates no matter what the climate exactly yeah however also always be economic also um england uh, england not just england but the uk has also decided to deal with has also decided to beat the heat in a number of ways um oh, by- beat the heat yeah <laughs> we have we have as I recall, I'm just um, going to do that every single every, time. Every single goddamn <laughs> time. This is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have redu- we we don't, we're not doing any more coal power, which is good because like decarbonizing the UK economy is sort of like pissing in the wind, but having a strong piss into the wind. Mm. Um, My mate actually works for uh, was like a freelancer for Greenpeace. Okay, and he's like filming, and they I don't know if I can even actually say this. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, but he literally was like filming them doing some fucking wild shit. Like they were basically trying to shut that. They tried to put like people in like li- livable cages outside the front of BP main office. I don't know why we never heard of this on. I thought it would have been all over Twitter, but it wasn't. And basically they like did this fucking like action movie style operation where they literally parked like all the cars around the office for fucking like weeks basically and then they hired in like tow like cranes trucks everything and basically this military operation they ended up putting these um cages for like kind of boxes for humans to be able to live in for like about a week um have everything you needed to live in for a week and they have it all around the uh, entrances of the bp uh, offices so no one could get in or out except for the fire exits um and apparently the fucking police just weren't having it at all the police just fucking came in and they're obviously under pressure from the BP execs and they just fucking tore these fucking cages apart and they like solidly reinforced cages they just fucking went at them like these so, like dodgy weird police but I mean yeah so basically like Greenpeace are really going for it because they're protesting there's new frack there's new drilling in Scotland I think they're trying oh, to drill yeah. and it's like uh, apparently it's going against their agreement against the Paris agreement or the Paris mm-hmm. whatever so basically it's uh, they've said openly that if they do this drilling then it, it will literally go against that that climate um, agreement that we all made, but they just don't give a shit and they're just going to do yeah. it anyway. And so Greenpeace are trying to like protest against well, it and they're doing everything they can. Alice can't believe well, there was new yes. drilling in Scotland that she wasn't well, part of. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing I was about to say was, can I get one of those cages? Yeah, I know, <laughs> innit? Just to live outside for the yes, seven days when you're feeling to live. sad. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this before we, before we started cage, recording. Basically. But uh, obviously the UK switched away from coal pretty quickly. Like in the last decade, they've cut, we've cut coal significantly to the point where like there are long stretches now uh, of days. It, recently, it was multiple weeks where there's no coal being burned. But the replacement for that has been natural gas. And obviously under the, the, the current government, um, they really don't give a shit about popular opposition to fracking because in, D, in I mean, the UK is the world leader or at least in, in new construction and certainly within Europe, the leader of offshore wind. And onshore wind is pretty significant. Onshore sol- or, uh, solar, even relatively significant, even though it's not like the sunniest country in Europe by far. But because the the slack and all that is is all uh, natural gas, like wh- basically 
you might have good days where 30, 40% of the UK's energy mix is renewable. The rest is all natural gas mm. because they, they, they've they closed down nuclear. They are building some new nuclear, but like it's, it's relatively limited. Yeah. Um, and so they want more. They basically, they're fine with giving subsidies to, uh, to companies to do offshore wind, but the bulk of the UK's energy mix is natural gas. And so it's like, you can, you, they can be like, yeah, we've, we've gotten rid of coal, but like that doesn't mean anything when you're still using a fucking oil derivative, basically. Yeah. And the whole the whole goal, uh, especially <laughs> T- Theresa May's last policy of, by the way, in my last ten days as prime minister, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna announce a goal to decarbonize the UK economy by 2050. It's so, what so, if that's so- the one thing she gets done. <laughs> just against all the odds <laughs> just a series of mr magoo like mistakes where she just accidentally pushes <laughs> one button one time that causes someone to misfile one thing that accidentally saves the world it's sort of like the matt hancock unintentionally unbanning grime yeah yeah but even then even if it does succeed it's so paltry like it's society is gonna have crumbled by then right like we'll have we'll have decarbonized our economy but not in the way we've wanted to how does everyone feel like the society is going to crumble? I've got this idea that society is going to crumble in this really slow grinding way. I feel like everyone's got this yeah. idea in their head that society is mm. going to crumble in like a, the day after tomorrow style way where there's just going to, everyone's going to die in once. But I don't think it is. It's going to no. literally no, be where here. the truth. It, it'll just be well, like yeah. a little bit worse every year. Every day. Exactly. Every day the ch- trains will be like slightly more delayed and every day it will be slightly more busy and every day it will feel slightly more packed. And then suddenly it'll just be like, oh shit. Actually, this has just been going on like worse and worse and worse. And, just sl- and then suddenly this won't work anymore. We won't be able to take like flights anymore. We won't be able to do all this and stuff. And it will have like electricity blackouts. Like, Well, I mean, mm. the thing is, it already sort of is doing that yeah. for people, people who are that- most dependent on, even in the UK, for people right. who are most dependent on the state. Like already yeah, yeah, the state yeah. is saying, sorry, we can't help you. I guess you're just going to have to die. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we for old people and stuff in the winter and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah So yeah. we've kind of like society already kind of has started to fall apart yeah. just from the bottom up. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the whole idea that we can solve these problems by 2050 when every when all these problems are going to accelerate and we're yeah. already having fatal heat waves in Europe yeah. seems ludicrously paltry. That's fine. It's, it's, we'll just be just be a prepper and you can have like a backpack <laughs> full of stuff and you just work it out. Sorry, a, a, the a podcast you, bunker in New Zealand. Yeah. You guys, talk, you you guys, guys have already got it sorted, though. You just got link. You got stocks of links Africa, some beers, <laughs> some and peanuts. Oh, you guys fr- are yeah, yeah, exactly. Friend, friend of the show, Dumb Crenshaw, on Twitter at anti gravity bong, um, sent me this article today <laughs> called "How Sustainable Will Bitcoin Be After the Apocalypse?" That's and it, <laughs> exactly. How am I going to buy drugs off the internet after uh, <laughs> the apocalypse is? So uh, this article. So uh, thank you. What do you mean there won't be the internet? <laughs> Wait, there won't be drug. Podcast. <laughs> how am I going to get my ninety-nine percent flake from Colombia? Like, how thank, am I going to get? So mm. uh, thank you, anti gravity bong. Uh, he writes, uh, or sorry, he sent in the article says uh, from Bitcoin.com. Sorry, news.bitcoin.com. Getting your Bitcoins.com. Uh, Bitcoin very much depends on the internet, and the cryptocurrencies networks <laughs> of miners and nodes depend heavily on electricity. The digital asset could survive well if there were if there were no loss of web or a global electrical power crisis. They depend entirely on electricity. It's a fucking computerized currency. However, what are they using? A fucking logic machine? However, in the <laughs> if these particular events took place in an apocalyptic situation, B- Bitcoin may have a difficult time. <laughs> And if the power grid fails, global citizens will have more problems in their hands than worrying about Bitcoin. Yet the blockchains... No. 
<laughs> what? Yet the blockchain could still survive offline, and node, oper- node operators and miners could reboot the network as soon as the internet connections came back. It's not coming back. <laughs> but isn't like Bitcoin specifically the thing that is massively contributing to... Yeah. In yeah. terms of every process it does, is massively uses so much energy. Yes, that it's like the yeah, worst imagine, thing. Like the the town hall meeting in the irradiated waste, as we're di- as we're discussing whether we're allowed to eat the people that we've just clubbed to death, and then one guy at the back is like, "Yo, when my internet connection coming back?" Though? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That was very be big me. on Twitch. There, there have been multiple theories of the blockchain being kept up to date in a post apocalyptic scenario with a twenty four hundred ham radio band connection. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they thought of everything. <laughs> I take my. It's it's Being that Kevin Costner movie, but the guy goes around these like blasted atomic communities delivering the Bitcoin ledger. <laughs> uh, you turn your own piss into Bitcoin. So wait, what we're suggesting is what that there there still is a blockchain, but it's just it's people, a guy. It's yeah. just there a is guy. there is one guy who is the blockchain, and it's just doing algebra on a piece. Yeah. Of you know, paper. I just realized, R- Riley. I've, I I know we might have to cut this. We've got to review the Postman for this mo- for this podcast. Like the postman in Waterworld, Kevin Costner oh, yeah. may have unintentionally predicted one of the two potential futures that we might yeah. foresee. Don't cut that because then people will keep us honest. We're going to review one or both of those films. <laughs> I saw Waterworld in, as a kid in theaters. Waterworld was fucking fucked. sick. Man. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing movie. It sucks plot wise, but man, is it fun to watch? Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> well, I mean, sick. I, it's it's super accurate. I mean, if you're already drinking your own piss like me, then <laughs> <laughs> look like any good podcaster. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think with, we should, everything we've just said, bear in mind, because it makes everything else we're about to say completely irrelevant and pointless. <laughs> and also everything else, like, out with the show, like, yes. your, your life is meaningless. Um, yes. The, the, the one thing that I want to throw in there, this yeah. is super interesting, is um, we talked about this with, with wind power in the UK. It's, uh, it's like... The way that they've subsidized it is basically with with tax write offs, with tariffs. But there's zero state investment in it to the point where the UK spent something like two billion pounds last year on subsidizing fossil fuel extraction and, and less than a million pounds on re- direct investment in renewables. Uh, and one of the more insane things about it is a lot of the offshore wind being built off the UK is being built by like sovereign wealth funds from other countries. Like whether it's from the Emirates or from Norway, it doesn't matter. But like the UK, basically the UK government's point is we refuse to use the state. To solve this problem, hopefully, some nice businesses from Denmark or Abu Dhabi will do it for us. Yeah, we have to encourage them. Well, like, according the, the to the Greenpeace people, sustainable Emirates, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they, they'll never be affected by climate change. No, not the not the super rich oil nation that lives in the middle of a fucking desert. No, no. If they're affected by climate change, they will simply drive the Lamborghinis faster than the climate changes. <laughs> Uh. What were you going to say though, Tom, about Greenpeace? Yeah, the guy, uh, the guy I was working for Greenpeace was saying, oh, uh, the guy I was working for Greenpeace was saying um, that basically BP, obviously in Shell, all these companies got these huge kind of green uh, push in terms of PR. That their whole thing now is about being seen as green companies. But apparently, like the reason why Greenpeace is so obviously pissed off more than they normally are pissed off with BP, I think, is because they have this whole image of being green, or their marketing has been specifically been being green, but they actually. Something like seven percent of their total investment um, over the year is uh, green, is renewable energy. Seven percent, so it's like literally ninety-three percent of it is fucking invest, investing, reinvest, not just like um, doing what they normally do, but new business and new new investment is into fucking like coal, gas. Yeah. People oil. need to start thinking of companies investing uh, profits into coal, oil, gas, etc. as slowly squeezing a trigger that's pointed at you 
Yeah. So we're only we're investing nine. We're only squeezing the trigger with ninety three percent. Exactly ninety three percent force. We're pointing the gun away from you with seven percent <laughs> of of our of our capacity to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe. And that hey. gun is loaded with no more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as, as, so as I was saying, all of what we said in the previous segment makes everything we're going to say in this segment and every other segment of this show ever irrelevant. So anyway, with all of that being said, I want to talk about a startup called Superhuman. Oh, great. Nice. What, what do we think that is? Uh, probably something to do with like blood transfusions where they take blood from the young or something. Oh, I mean, that- like the Peter no. Thiel thing. Yeah, yeah, that's just Palantir. I mean, what? That, well, that like one already, gene therapy yeah, that already exists. Yeah, that already I mean, exists. I thought they might have done an app for it or something yeah. where it's like deliveries for blood. Uber, Uber for maybe the it's blood of the young. For young people. Is it? Is it, uh, it's, it's, is it like it's, 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 sort of it's augmented it's limbs and shit? No, it's, 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 getting, it's getting pizza from Comet Ping Pong, but from Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, that one failed. Sorry, Rod. But it, no, it, it was like eight layers of jokes in there, right? Sometimes that's not going to work. <laughs> um, no, uh, so no, it's uh-huh. none of those things. Excuse me, the delivery boy didn't didn't carry my pizza carefully enough. The child has fallen off of the pizza. <laughs> yeah, the child is just in the side of the bar. Like you know, I'm not gonna. How am I gonna eat this? Um, okay, superhuman. Non um, pizza with left child. Yes, none. It's okay. So so far, we think it's a child pizza delivery business. Um, yes, the fastest blank experience ever made. Sex. Oh, uh, uh, yep. That's Orgasm. It. Yeah. 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 It's oh a, wow! It's my penis. Yeah, it is Milo's penis. <laughs> the startup called Superhuman is Milo's penis, and it's fast at sex. Thanks everybody for playing. You got it right. That's how women like it. They want it to be as fast and as short as possible. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So you have yeah, more exactly. time for business. Like you ever watch exactly. you ever watch Planet Earth uh, where then they'll like show birds fucking or whatever and it's just like one flaps up onto another one for like four beats of its wings and flies away. Damn. Yeah, like normal sex. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, I put I put on my giant fake wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every sex <laughs> game I have is Daedalus and Icarus themed. <laughs> so if superhuman is either something involving like improving the human body or uh-huh. it's like uh, task rabbit, air tasker kind of thing. It's neither. It's so far away from both oh, of those. Oh, shit. Uh, we neither. rebuilt the we rebuilt the blank from the ground up to make you brilliant at what you do, and we specifically designed it for those of you who want the best. The butt plug. Dick. Yeah, we're <laughs> so like. like it's gotta be adults. something sex related, or it's, like, how is yeah, it not it sex related? It's the least sexy thing possible. What? Like your CV? Anne Whittakam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Yes, Milo, that's correct. We've rebuilt they, and they we've redesigned. Redesigned. Yeah. up. We've, dis- <laughs> we've made play, her though. stronger than ever. Someone has we can, to do it. Yeah. We can rebuild her. <laughs> we have the technology. Yes, it's the, it's the six million dollar man, but Anne Whittacombe. Six What's million dollar Anne. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Hey, that would be the opposite of a sex robot, an Anne Whittacombe <laughs> robot. Yeah. Um. We set out to design the most beautiful blank experience ever made. We repeatedly poured over every pixel. We meticulously crafted every <laughs> interaction. Yeah. Everything from the iconography to the typography has been relentlessly refined. This could literally be Robot Anne Whittacombe. That's what I want it to be now. <laughs> Robo Whittacombe. But it's yeah. called Superhuman, though. But it's called, super, it's called Superhuman, yes. Is super superhuman spelled in like? Nope, it's yeah. spelled the normal yeah, it's, way. It's 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 superhuman uh, and it's superhuman. Super yeah, it's so super, we're back exactly. to the Uber Eats. Yeah, we're ah, back to Uber Eats. Robo and Whitcomb delivers your soup. Yeah, we're back for Uber Eats, but for the parts of the child that billionaires eat. 
Wait, so is it, uh, it sounds like something related to like ah, web design, penis. either web design or, or <laughs> 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 delicious, yum yum. Wait, but that child's not dead. That penis is still attached. No, it's, it's just cannibalism. It's not pedophilia. Turn the camera off. <laughs> that, that will be like America in 15 years, like where like pedophilia is still illegal because that's too weird. But like cannibalism of children is, uh, yeah, is legal as hell. Yeah, that, that's just that's just nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> Post climate change apocalypse America. Everyone's like, oh, eat around the dick. Don't be a perv. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so yo, if you're a cannibal, is it I gay to what eat someone says in the Bergheim toilets? It's very polite. If you're a cannibal, is it gay to eat the dick? Yo, <laughs> me and the boys are doing some cannibalism out here on the uh, Dear Penthouse Forum. Is it gay to eat the dick of the guy we just killed? Okay, uh, and it costs it costs thirty dollars a month. So all of that stuff I said is it's ad copy, and it costs thirty dollars a month. It's like something to make your pictures better or something. Does it make it? Is it like mm. a service that does your Instagram posts for you to make you seem Close. more glamorous uh, than you actually are? Close. Oh, uh, not. I saw a fake one of them where it was like, we're going to make your Instagram, like make you look amazing on Instagram, but it can't be that. It's it not just... Instagram, but it's another form of communication online. Make your the Facebook 1400 board ham radio that the blockchain runs on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Makes you an excellent 4chan poster. And it costs... <laughs> they don't have, they yeah, don't the have... most racist 4chan poster ever. They don't have $30 a month. They help you type 50,000 slurs a minute. It Again, makes you my... better at podcasting. Milo is closest <laughs> in that it helps you produce words faster. Uh, um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read their big headline. Words headline thing. N or otherwise. No blank. Superhuman is not just another email client. Oh, okay. so is, it, is it like marketing. is it like um, email marketing? <laughs> not even. It's just. It's like you know how if you open up your phone and you have email, you have the little email icon on your phone. It's that. It's an app that. It's an email app. It's it, like, it like automatically what, replies what to your do? emails with like what a plausible word soup. Does uh, it just make your emails look nice or does it like make you format your replies to look nice? Uh, when you're doing three plus hours of email every day, it's your job, the CEO said. And every single job has a tool that makes you do it faster. Fucking hell, man. That's right. It's a subscription service. 30 pounds app. a month. Th well, $30. Well, 30 but every single job thing better. Yeah, <laughs> every right. single job has a tool, your boss, who makes you do it faster. <laughs> By saying, hey, if you don't do that faster, I'll fire you. Yes. Um, also, this makes me just think, like, there are people who's... This, this, is, this is such David Graeber shit, right? Where if your job is so much just checking and responding to email, yeah. this just confirms my hypothesis that most white-collar jobs are just people hanging out but wearing dumb clothes. No, there is, man. Seriously, all jobs are just complete faff. I know there's that, all that stuff. There's been loads of articles about, Do you is your job really real? But I swear... My job's not really real. No one's job is really real. Like it doesn't exist. Actually, it could completely just all of it. I mean, climate change could literally be like, oh, we're gonna just delete society tomorrow, and everyone will be like, yeah, cool. I'm just gonna go back to doing what humans actually do, which is just have sex, fighting, and yeah, trying eating. to like. Well, that's what we do if climate change happens. Yeah. Do you know well. what I mean? Like, yeah. you could literally stop marketing and being in creative, like a creative director. They could like wipe out all creative directors tomorrow, and well, the world would still carry on completely normally. Just they probably just resurrect it though, like in the like blasted waste. Someone would reinvent yeah. being like a fight promoter, reinvent <laughs> <laughs> being an influencer. Like, Trash Future is the Joe Rogan experience now. <laughs> I love it. What, it, it, it. The idea of of like of standing in a cave, holding a fire, and yeah. and being like, 
we've had fire for over five years now, but who, we, no one has thought to truly reinvent what it means to burn. <laughs> Disrupt <laughs> fire. We've not done anything like that. Yeah, well, so that's yeah, what we're going to be doing. I genuinely think that most, like, in the movie um, Land of the Dead, which is one of the Night of the Living Dead sequels, all of the zombies uh, just walk around continuing to do the things they did when they, were, when they were humans, and all the humans live in like a fortified apartment complex called Fiddler's Green. It's a really good movie. Um, is that one of the original George Romero ones? It's the last George Romero oh, one. Okay. Uh, Fiddler's the- Green is one of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's properties. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so like the leader of the zombies was a guy, as much as they have a leader, was just a guy who pumped gas in his life. And so he was just hanging around the gas station sort of holding a, a gas nozzle. Petrol Zombies nozzle. are very anarchic. They don't yeah. believe in hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I genuinely do think that people whose jobs are eight hours of email could become zombies and just continue doing their jobs. Yeah. But marginally less useful than someone Dear who pumps Karen, gas. thank you for your email. Well, the fucking <laughs> Gmail, Gmail already does automatic replies. You wouldn't even need, you just type a button like that. Yeah, this, yeah. so this is that, but it costs a lot of money. Wow. I'm waiting for Gmail to like learn what my replies are actually like and start Seriously. giving me options like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but I am. Oh, that's what I'm really waiting for is them to actually start to learning what I'm really going to be like and be like, say mm. some weird. Like, I swear they actually start to predict my text and they'll, mm. start, they'll start putting slang in my predictive text. And I'm like, what mm. the fuck, man? Yeah. Start saying like horrible, like, whoa, stuff. It just keeps trying to get me to do this sort of like marketing style speech of like, absolutely, exclamation yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, where, yeah. Like, yeah. If it gave me a button, I could push it, said, we live in a society or <laughs> right. whom, among, whom among us. <laughs> no, I'd lo- no I, I, if you could, it'd be just like that, that, that thing where you're hitting the button and it's like, folks. Um, <laughs> just hacking yeah. somebody's recommendations to make it all slurs. <laughs> the spectator. Meanwhile, um, at Lionel Shriver's house. Oh no! Someone must have hacked my Gmail. <laughs> um, so, uh, Superhuman claims it does not store any emails that it uses on its servers. Yet users are still required to grant the app full access to their email accounts. So, there's a thing that's like a service called Unroll.me, right? That basically yeah. it it it. it absorbs all of like the email you're like subscribing to you know like like chain like uh brand emails like all things, the cool chain all letters the, you all get the, all the all not, yeah i was gonna say chain letters like it's 1996 on aol um but what it does is it gives you like a sort of html page one one email summary at the end of like every day that uh uh what's it called um you know that, that contains all of like the ad emails and all the things that you're so signed up to but like they're banned in the eu because like they even though they say they don't it's been proven that they rapaciously sell your data like they harvest yeah. your data from your emails and sell it to, to, to advertisers but don't worry these it's guys like, these guys don't do that they've said they don't but <laughs> so we can trust them oh yeah we yeah can. uh so here, here are some other things about this service that I found really funny. There, there are three more things about this service I find really funny. Here's the first one. Um, built-in insights from LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter about everyone who emails you. Oh, God. <laughs> no. LinkedIn already does that by emailing you 500 times a day, being like no, no. The, the dog of someone you met once in 2002 who's just got a new job at McDonald's. They, no, they, do person, they use AI to do personality analysis based on scraping the social medias of people who email you. Great. So scraping now everyone I email media. will know not to take it seriously because there'll just be a box with one of my tweets that just says, women be posting. <laughs> superhuman well, we- superhuman weaves we social insights that. into your workflow. See what people look like, where they're based, and what they do. Find ways to break the ice or topics you can bond over and reasons to get back in touch. So basically, it's like the Gmail nudge, but just more of that, just shaming you into being yeah. friends with people. It's like, a, it's like a Facebook poke where you can ask someone how their ski holiday was if they didn't tell you they went skiing. Yeah, it's... it's um. Look, we've talked about this before, actually, that... 
a lot of the Silicon Valley bros clearly just don't know how to interact with other people. And so they're like, I need to invent a product that will assist me in interacting with other people. It's like, guys, why do all this work when you could just start a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I just, I just love it when someone who I've not met before and never spoken to emails me at telling me personal things that they could only know if they've obsessively studied my social media footprint. I love that. So it's my favorite. It's kind of weird to get an email from a human these days. Like, yeah. it is, unless you're mm. on a job, it is kind of rare. Isn't yeah, it? Unless yeah. you're email- so unless- You may as well just have it be like, what's it like working at your workplace? Uh, your full address. <laughs> how, are you are you over a list of your fears? <laughs> it just, it's just scraping stuff from your smart home. So it's like, hey, I saw you needed to buy toilet paper. <laughs> Incidentally. <laughs> Incidentally, have you considered a toilet paper subscription service? Yeah. You you have swamp ass. Have you considered a toilet paper subscription? When you just suddenly realize that like you you've needed a shit, but like the post hasn't come, so you're just like waiting. You like you can't take a shit. It's not been delivered yet. Yeah, yeah. It's great. The home of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 then a million different bots that will sort of have strange, mostly wrong emails that say like, hey, are you still enjoying working at your workplace? We've monitored your cameras and noticed that you haven't been shitting as much. <laughs> Try a new brand of nutrient slurry. Yeah. It's like, ugh, it's not even my cameras. I've been shitting constantly because I tried that new brand of new nutrient slurry. Be astute, personal, and effective, and ultimately brilliant with people. <laughs> that's that's their that's what they're that that they're advertising. You wow. can finally be brilliant with people. You just have to know a lot of facts about them. Wonderful. I love that not way having to enough. learn anything. Yeah. You can list. What were you gonna say, Tom? Sorry. <clears throat> no, I thought it was. Uh, I, can't, I can't actually believe it says that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just couldn't believe it. Actually, it's just like an email kind that gets you laid. Is that the thing? Yeah. Like, uh, be... It gets you better than laid. It gets you investors. <laughs> Whoa! It gets your response. It gets your meeting request response. It's for Silicon Valley people. Mm. Signing up for this is now from an article about Superhuman. Signing up for Superhuman is not easy. <laughs> First, uh, first, you have to fill out a long questionnaire about your email habits. What the hell? Then, oh man, that, that sounds, sounds like hard. the worst, worst thing ever. <laughs> then, if, if you're approved for access, there is a mandatory session in what? which a representative gives you a video conference tutorial. Jesus Christ! Wow! If you're like fucking shortage house for for emails, man, (laughs) that's the worst sounding thing ever. Yeah, if if you you have to queue up for three hours, you're most likely just not to get in. I swear to God that this company's investors must have been like somebody who had a bet. Like, I need to waste a billion dollars, and I can't make any money on it. It's a Brewster's billions. Brewster's billion. Yeah, (laughs) it's an email client with a swimming pool on the roof that's full of cunts. Yeah, or I was no bikinis. But I, no. <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's a French shortage house. <laughs> so it's, it's an email client where you can do literally whatever you want, and Ben Clock is usually playing yeah. it. Mm. <laughs> email Hein. Um, so then, if you're approved for access, blah, 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 uh, the CEO then uh, spent a full hour teaching me how to use the app's many features. Wow. What the fuck is the CEO doing doing that? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. For every customer. I mean, every this is, this is for a, a, this is for a big a, a oh, yeah. Kevin Roos. So right, I okay. think that's why. But no, they, it is a, a mandatory hour long training session that you can't get out of. Imagine mm. having to talk to someone literally for an hour about email. Just email as but well. But imagine your company yeah. pitch being like, you fucking suck and you don't deserve yeah. to be here. Yeah, and right. then the reward for putting up with all that shit, instead of getting into a club, is email. Yeah. yeah. Email. Yeah. We let you. Yeah, we let yeah. you. We let you email. Yeah. We, you, we you got to fucking earn to, to fucking email. We let you give us your data for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
for you, uh, you pay thirty dollars a month. Yeah. You pay. Yeah. Oh, you, have to, you have to really. You have to audition to pay thirty dollars a month to this email client. And I've looked at what they do, and yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's a bit. It's a bit faster. It's a quick client. It seems fine. What do you mean, like faster? How can email get any fucking faster? I think they they just for do, like marketing. They give you, you some like some hotkeys. Oh, Tom, 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 I don't Tom. understand. <laughs> email can be so much. It's faster than you can imagine. How? I sent an email so fast I <laughs> shat myself. Yeah. And, and my you, toilet paper you, subscription had not arrived. And the thing is, we have to remember we only have about twenty years of email left, so we have to get as much of it yeah, out as we can. Yeah, we gotta do it fast. Yeah. Maybe I'll That's subscribe to CPM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ten years of topsoil, twenty years of email, but fortunately, an eternity of blockchain for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, steam powered blockchain. All of of this strange shit uh, around like controlling access to the product is about this concept that the CEO calls product stroke market fit. That's just four words. Yeah. (laughs) Product stroke market fit. Product like slash. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. I was really excited (laughs) about making making a a fucking jerking off analogy here. But yeah, you got it. That was just you using British pronunciation. Well, he started thinking of of a product and then he had a stroke and then he was like, how does this fit the market? So he. This is now from a blog post by the CEO. Um, also, once again, why is the CEO doing this? Why Combinator <laughs> founder Paul Graham has described product market fit as quote when you've made something that people want. Wow! Uh, no, no one had thoughts of doing that. Uh, it's such a good thing. He's, this is why these people make billions of dollars. But they're literally just like making up new market words for stuff that already happens every day. Yes. But that's literally, I mean, I can't get my head around how annoying. We're doing this instead of um, investing in like, you know, a solar panel. Damn. Yeah. There hasn't so. been a product market fit this good since we started producing all of these brown shirts in the 1930s <laughs> in Berlin. Yeah. So I'd say it's it's a good thing that we have like, what, 12 different exclusive access email clients that cost $30 a month, but we can't get like, I don't know, a, a bus or a train that dependably goes from one place to another. Um, well, Sam Altman characterized it as, quote, when users spontaneously tell other people to buy their product, your product. But these descriptions of po- product market spontaneously fit, is they like for no reason. Yeah. Like just like, you want to buy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they've got like product Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I'm really I'm really pleased to hear about your son's recovery from leukemia. Buy this email client. <laughs> the descriptions of product market fit, though, all seem post hoc and unactionable. I had a pl- clear understanding post of where hoc. we stood. It really sounded like all seem post hoc. <laughs> yeah, post post hoc yeah. to my email client. Ad hoc is so passe. I'm into post hoc now. Uh, but I had no way of conveying that to others and no plan for the part that should come next. I eventually started to wonder what if you could measure product market fit? Because if you could measure These it. calipers. Th- then maybe you could optimize it. And then maybe you could systematically increase it until you've achieved a benchmark. So here's the indicator we decided Is this to a use. a Daft Punk song? Here's the indicator <laughs> we decided to use for Superhuman. We asked users, quote, how would you feel if you could no longer use our product? And then measure the, if those who answered very disappointed. You're just negging your users. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is, how is like can you can you give someone something and then taunt them by pulling it away? How miserable would they be? It's a deeply Dickensian way of looking at marketing. That's amazing. So basically, it's like the only we only want people who want to be here. But how badly do you want it? It's like yeah. I too want email to be like pre- pledging the meanest sorority. Yes. Like yes. I don't get it, but it's it's Silicon Valley culture fit, but for consumers. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All of their they treat all of their subscribers like dogs. Like you want the ball, you want the ball. Where's the ball? 
<laughs> you but want the email the server? Yeah. <laughs> no, but they're doing the thing that Alex talked about in that one episode where they're, they're, they're making reassuring noises while they're patting your head, but they're like, oh, you're a fucking dumbass. Oh, you're a piece of shit. And you're just, you're just here to love it. You're just here to absorb it all. Um, so at the outset, their email client only measured 22% of users who'd be very disappointed if it were taken away. You know, again, all of these people need to under... Well, I guess these people, they're all venture capitalists. Nothing's going to get taken away from them. They're just going to be emailing the other five people that still have email from their nuclear bunkers in New Zealand. Um, mm, I don't know. I'm just just Googling up a document here that says 22% of people have brains made of wet cake. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was responsibly Googling Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Because the thing is, so no... Responsibly emailing Venezuela <laughs> no. at higher speeds than you'd ever thought Everyone's possible. Everyone's like, yeah, the Soviet Union and Venezuela, they never had this kind of innovation. <laughs> yeah, they, they never had a thing that read all your posts. <laughs> they never <laughs> <laughs> Venezuela's greatest failure is not being able to read email because they can't pay the subscription anymore. Yeah, they never had a huge organization that you had to get vetted to get into, and then uh, and then you they, they, you'd have to pretend that you'd be really disappointed if it ever ended, and only through that organization you could get like special benefits. Once again, the cap the modern capitalist West is just all of our worst nightmares about what the Soviet Union was said to be, but expensive. So. Um, with your early marketing, you may have attracted all kinds of users, especially if you've had press and your product is free in some way. But many of those people won't be well qualified. <laughs> wow. Why do they hate people emailing so much? Why have they why is there suddenly become an email etiquette? Because they need they need event they need people who spontaneously like walk up to their like, I don't know, setting up a class system like, for email. Like a family yeah. funeral where they'll say, like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Have you considered superhuman? Yeah. It's just the bit in children of men squares. where they drive through Knightsbridge and it's all sealed off and on the inside it's like very well curated gardens and a guy walking a camel, but for the least like sexy or fancy thing ever just email <laughs> that's exactly what this is but, you can email a but camera. many of those people won't be well qualified they don't have a real need for your product and its main benefit or use case might not be a great fit you wouldn't have wanted these people as users anyway so you can politely disregard those who would not be disappointed without your product they are so far from loving it that they're essentially a lost cause <laughs> Well, this sounds like <laughs> actually I'm meant to break up with you, so I'm yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> so then the idea is once you've identified the users who would be disappointed without your product, you analyze their feedback to convert them into fanatics. Uh, <laughs> wait, hang on. <laughs> this, is the <laughs> <laughs> this is the only email client that ends up with you taking flying lessons where you're like, I don't need to learn how to land. <laughs> not email. I'm doing business. <laughs> I'm doing so many business deals I never need to take off or land. I'm constantly oh, in the air. Imagine if you imagine if you like actually tricked a bunch of Silicon Valley people into like doing the next 9/11 because they thought it was like for innovation. It would be so easy. Yeah. It would be incredibly easy okay, to trick new project. <laughs> Gettingadicksuck.com, we've done that. No, we haven't done that yet. We still have to launch the site. Yeah. Uh, send pitches, by the way. If you have a pitch for gettingyourdicksuck.com, send it to at gyds.com. On no Twitter. jokes. No, and that's dot dot, not an actual yeah, dot. Yeah, it's dot com. No jokes. They have to be serious pitches. The only joke is the URL. I cannot emphasize this enough. Mm. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's superhuman. It's a thirty dollar a month email client that seems designed to become more of a religion than a app. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's some stuff. I mean, but the fact that you've got people like Kevin Roos or whomever uh 
Sam Altman, like people actually like tech bloggers writing about it, it makes yep. me think that people actually think, oh, this is what I want. Yep. I mean, clearly they must have gotten yeah. funding too. That's yeah. just insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's because consumers, and especially these consumers, are pay pigs. And yeah, they just love really being dumb. humiliated. I just don't understand what it actually does yet. I still don't understand what it does. Um, it makes your, as far as I can tell, it provides some shortcuts, hotkeys, and triage for your email. Um, and that's that seems to be mostly what it does. Well, I mean, right, Scientology started out as an email client, so yeah, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and anyway, so that's so. Well, if you're worried about homegrown radicalization, look, scrap prevent or whatever. Look no further than the tech industry. <laughs> anyway, Normal. um, before we close out, i I've got a I've got a reading for us for us here today, uh, which I thought would be very fun. Oh, reading the vegetables of culture. <laughs> it's hot. Can we have podcast outside today? <laughs> yeah. Can we, we have a video? <laughs> can we watch? <laughs> we just watch uh, the postman. I think that would just be like us hanging out and just watching a video on a movie on Twitch. Oh, that'd be fun. Let's do that. Yeah. Instead Let's... of algebra today, can we have cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, guys, 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 did you know that Jeremy Corbyn is all wrong about social mobility? It's all about aspiration? Yeah, Damn. I saw this one. Yeah. Aspiration. Yeah. Aspiration in the sense of like where you have pneumonia and you inhale <laughs> fluid into your lungs. Yeah. Or in terms of like different kinds of consonants. Yes. Uh, it's it's a consonant thing or or a fluid in your lungs thing. Mm. It's water on the knee. Operation. Um water on the knee. Yeah. No, social mobility social mobility uh is something we need because social justice it, it's it's as we'll find out as Justine Greening, a former Tory uh, MP and education minister, current Tory MP, former education minister, uh, has written in The Guardian. Yeah, well, if you want advice on what the Labour Party's policy should be, who would you listen to other than a Tory? Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. Well, I mean that's the, remember, like that is basically New Labour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's getting quite. I don't know whether I'm just like I used to read The Guardian quite a lot. I mean, we talked about this before, yeah. but it's getting really, really, really more right wing noticeably, or maybe I'm just becoming more left wing, but really, really recently I've just noticed it's become right wing wow, to actually like, like a dis- the, I can't believe, the- I, I feel like I'm a bit naive been saying this, but has it actually just recently no, done it this? Has, cause like it has, because the, yeah. the, the US um, uh, masthead had to formally denounce an editorial by the UK one for being right. too transphobic. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So this I, I is... Mean, I- I I I was actually a subscriber to the Guardian uh, and then just got disgusted by it and canceled because like in the 2017 GE I noticed that, like it wasn't necessarily the best but it was probably outside of like community driven news it was probably like the best major thing covering the Labour Party and then it just became why did Jeremy Corbyn put shit in my pants over yeah. and over yeah. again? Yeah, over and over and again. That, but they still have I, Owen Jones though they still have uh, Owen Jones that's, constantly. That's why I canceled my subscription to Debeek. Dabeek's still hiring the like centrist guardian hand ringers. Yeah. Wait, hang on. A composite, a composite magazine run by Islamic skeletons called Dabeek Zone. Oh Jesus. Anyway, boy. Oh, so let's hear what Justin Greening has to say as to why Jeremy Corbyn is wrong about social mobility. Hmm. Look forward to hearing it. I'm often asked what social mobility is in is simple she? terms. Is she often asked that? <laughs> Who's in- asking her that? Stop uh, Stop talking to Justin Greening, first of all. And second of all, stop asking her questions as though she knows anything. <laughs> For me, it's about one word. Aspiration. It's about being able to go as far as your effort, talent, and hard work can take you in life, unimpeded by class, the school you went to, or your background. But crucially... 
no further. Mm. <laughs> what? She didn't say crucially no further. I added crucially no further. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what, that's what she said. I really wanted her to say that, though. Yeah. I really... Yeah, because... Let's, and not I mean, a step yeah, yeah, further. Not a your, single step your further. Life, no. your, your life, if you, if you are not good enough at, like, hacking an email server to, like, produce a better result or whatever, like the previous guy did, and you're not, you're not good enough at that to, like, have a house, you still shouldn't have a house. Yeah, because I that would imagine kill, that'd be unfair. Justin Greening in the irradiated waste of 2027 negotiating with the mutant biker gang and saying, look, I think the question of who should have the most water is about aspiration. <laughs> <laughs> the Sutton Trust report on social mobility recently released um, continues to show a version of Britain that's not just unfair, but one that perpetuates a scandalous, a scandalous waste God. of this country's talent. <laughs> if only someone had been in government trying to do something about that. No, Britain so, can so, no so, longer so scandalous. Britain can no longer afford to continue like this, with report after report, but no change on the ground. So, how do we break the cycle that says you largely start? Well, sorry, I'll try this again. So how do we break the cycle that says where you start largely determines where you end up? Well, Justine, you're in the fucking cabinet. Yeah, she, well, she didn't have any power. Or as Boris Johnson calls it, the cabinet. <laughs> you, you were, you were, you, like, if you're in the cabinet, you don't have any power. Come on, that's, you, no, Justine Greening was doing self-care. She didn't mm. have, she wasn't able to do any policies. She, she left the cabinet she's, she's cutting baby. toxic people out of her life. Yeah. I think that kind of is what happened when she left. Yeah, she, it was kind of a cutting the toxic people out of your life thing. Um, I, mean, I, I look at it this, and it's like, even if you're extremely good at what you do, there's like three industries in this country you can work in, and you'll be able yeah. to own your Ick own sucker, home in London. Um, like <laughs> racist, yeah. Yeah. irony uh, podcaster, yeah. irony podcaster, <laughs> extremely yeah. successful three, irony podcaster. Mm. Uh, but you you know what I mean? So it, it's weird because the idea that the answer is things that promote people based on talent alone and that's going to solve problems as opposed to like public goods that are accessible to everyone it just it's mind blowing you know what i mean like it, it, the idea that the, the problem here is it, it, we just haven't cherry picked the brightest and the best enough and that's that's got to continue that's come out going to solve the problem when just, you have 40 years of evidence that does not work you know, justine greening believes um, that actually if everybody here in the country invents the next tiktok then we can all be billionaires Whoa, the song yeah. by Kesha? Yeah. What if everyone was Kesha? She's got a dollar sign in her name. <laughs> That's what I call making money. I mean, look, if you want to go back to the James Medway episode where we talked about Calculator Santa, this is pure Calculator Santa, that everyone in the country needs to just want it hard enough, close their eyes really tight, click their heels together, and say, there's no place like homeownership. I and then they can get on the ladder. Oh, little boy, you can have everything you deserve and nothing more. <laughs> I, I, I don't give a shit if I own a home or not as long as I can live somewhere that isn't costing me like 75% of my income and it doesn't suck completely. Well, hey, you know what I, I mean? Like, I, I hope you have enough, just enough talent to be able to live a life of dignity because otherwise you don't get it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm saying this knowing right. that the answer that, that obviously like these people are, are fucking insane and they don't, they don't care, but it's just, it's strange to me because it's this idea that, that the answer is we got to have more homeowners when there's too many goddamn homeowners. That's the fucking problem. No, uh, Justine Greening's answer is we need to have more businesses and people who can code and people who believe in themselves and the economy and how what the if economy you yourself a house. Yeah. What yeah. if, what if you actually made the economy go faster 
and more. There was a yeah. guy in Sweden who bought like $11 worth of Bitcoin at the very outset and then sold it in like 2017 for millions and millions of euros and bought him an apartment. So fuck that guy. But hey, someone yeah. did code themselves a house. Yeah. yeah. What if Justine Greening wants us all to be doing that? Because all of this social justice mumbo jumbo means that what if we don't code the next app or buy or get in on the ground floor of a cryptocurrency or do the other things that like show your real worth as a human and show that you deserve uh, mm. more of the benefits and burdens uh, of social cooperation. I, I was going to code an app, but then I worried I might be called racist, so I didn't. <laughs> I was going to code an app, but then I got high. Um, so, first of all, not by ducking the scandal of weak social mobility, but confronting it head on, we will solve this problem. The report shows how wrong it was two weeks ago for Jeremy Corbyn to formally dit social mobility as an objective for a future label government and focus instead on social justice. It's anti-aspiration, in my opinion. If Jeremy Corbyn won't support an individual's aspiration and oh, hope for justice, a better future... that's gay, first of all. <laughs> Get rid of that. Why would you want things to be fair for your fellow man so you can hang out with other dudes? Sus. Very sus. No, absolutely not. I'm not having any of that. <laughs> I love how literally you, these people can come out and just be openly like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm anti-social justice. What kind of nerd would like justice? Like, without even bothering to say why they're anti, just like, no. It's because social justice is anti-aspiration because it says that you can just have a minimum of, like, a house and food and stuff, even if yeah, you don't make an app. that's a participation trophy, <laughs> as opposed to, like, being meritocratic and aspirational like somebody who has all of this merit like fucking Justine yeah. Greening. <laughs> Giving people somewhere to live is patronizing unless your parents do it. That's fine. <laughs> I love the idea of The Guardian having a new editorial so journalists should be careful about which rooms they walk into by Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, <laughs> how, to, how to own the room by Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> he has completely failed to understand that social mobility is not just about a few talented people getting to the top, though I, I suspect that quite a bit is. No, it's about yeah, a few no, like, no, idiot fail-sons getting to the top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's about fucking Donald Trump Jr. and like the kind of asinine morons in the Tory cabinet getting to the top by sort of blundering their way through kind of various scandals relating to like putting vegetables in people's asses at school and then like suddenly finding themselves in charge of the country going like, oh, I don't know, which button do I press? Probably the one that says racism. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the problem we face now. Instead, strong social mobility is about everyone reaching their full potential. And not a step further. <laughs> also, like, why do you want to reach your full potential? Why can't we just have a house? Why why, why is it like... Why, you want to live in a building that was built by another dude? <laughs> well, it's the... Look, this is the... Well, like, why, this is, why, won't, why won't the hard left understand that I don't want to eat my vegetables before my dessert? <laughs> Look, this is the that's the other thing, right? This is such psychotic boomer mindset that all of society is basically built so that you can become the best version of you that you can. It's, it's all it's about dark Marianne mindset. <laughs> yeah, Justine Greening is dark Marianne Williamson. I, I was gonna say that there's there was a, a particularly like pernicious thing. I remember this from the 2016 election in the United States. Is that the Democrats refusing to talk about actual social welfare programs instead talk about a ladder out of poverty? Because the idea is it's the ladder that if you're good enough and you work hard enough, you can get out of. And it's like yeah. the idea being that no people shouldn't be fucking poor. No, like, right, we still have, we to have can, poverty. We can fix that if we want. To. We need to have poverty so that it's fair to the people who work to get out of poverty. Yeah, because if no one 
one's in if no one's in poverty, then why did those people that just worked so hard to get out of poverty work so hard? Well, no, it's it's literally the guy this like, argument about student loans, and it's yeah, like yeah. that's literally the same argument. Like, well, my legs were fucked by polio. How dare you walk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I was gonna ask how dare how dare you walk? Narrator, <laughs> the ladder out of poverty was Jacob's ladder. <laughs> it went to hell. To be fair, it did get them out of poverty. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's also amazing. Just like the most boomer mindset thing of all is being like, oh well, you know, I now have like infinite money and everyone and everyone like young is like massively struggling and I never really had to work as hard as they seem to be working it must be because I'm phenomenally talented <laughs> that must be the reason why the circumstances cannot possibly have changed since 1970 absolutely not like when I when I first got a job and bought a house it was priced in like D and sixpence like whatever. <laughs> I bought my house with like 14 tanner and a stick of Blackpool rock but no nothing's meaningfully changed since 1968 that can't be the case <laughs> honestly now, now you just have to buy your house with bitcoin like that one swedish guy exactly yeah, that's the only way left to be successful and the thing is yeah. if we work to eliminate poverty then that swedish guy that invested in bitcoin at the start then he, what is his reward for seeing the future yeah you know, he might, he might not even that. have invested in Bitcoin. Yeah. He could have just lived yeah. quite comfortably in this house that he would have had for free. Yeah. What yeah. if? What if? Young- what if our young people weren't investing in Bitcoin or making apps that show you the social media profiles of different uh, marketing agencies emailing you? What then? Yeah. What kind of society will we be living in? Young people have it much easier now because in my day, a young person, all they had to do was be mentally disabled and be near the murder of a policeman. They get hanged. So it's much better now for young people, actually. <laughs> so um, it's way more important for Britain that instead of simply struggling on drawing on the talents of a privileged few, everyone is able to succeed on their own terms. These are the challenges that drive me to make sure Britain has equality of opportunity for the first time ever. What's really fired me up has been meeting the great British businesses and organizations that are making a positive difference. My, le- my least favorite BBC competition show. <laughs> <laughs> more than 300 of them across the specter of industries representing more than 2.5 million employees of uh, have, have signed There's up. There's a specter of it's, of it's of apps. Yeah. Uh, more than 300 of them across the blah, blah, blah have signed up to the social mobility pledge initiative I set up last oh, year. Oh, thank fuck for that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure everything will be fine now. A bunch of big companies have signed up to the social mobility. We're all going to get our dicks out and make a promise. Oh, yeah, I'm sure everything will be great. I'm sure they don't have a vested interest in everything staying exactly the fucking same, do they? No, let's just trust them, the people that have been making everything fucking worse for the last 40 years. Hello, I'm Justine Greening, and my idea of how everything should be better is we just trust the people who've made it like this! Actually, Milo, I think you'll find that they're doing their bit to make the ladder of opportunity more accessible by working with local <laughs> schools and offering apprenticeships and taking a rounded view of someone's potential through contextual recruitment practices. And now we need Matt Hancock to come in and go, look, a ladder of opportunity, it's exclusive. Some people are disabled. We need a ramp of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what we need actually is a Ferris wheel of opportunity so people, it's more fun to get on. So, yeah. so it takes you all the way back down to poverty. Well, no, there'll be a slide of entrepreneurship. 
It'll take you no. back down. We we need the roundabout. We need to all get on the carousel of innovation. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the carousel from Logan's Run. It's Sorry, a great everybody. way to learn about a fake horse. <laughs> uh, personally, I think that <laughs> that we've been treating the economy like wha- like whack a mole when it should be much when it should be much more like ski ball. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, seriously though, think about that for a second. Nobody ever looks at lottery winners and be like, "Man, they really just deserved it. They just they just worked hard and they got." It's like, no, they just fucking won the lottery. In the same vein, it's like these people look at though this they is invested so sensibly in I lottery think, tickets. I think they ended up demonizing every lottery winner. It was yeah. most of the, most of the lottery winners they ended up just demonizing in the sun in the mirror. But I mean, not the, not the mirror. Because they didn't make an app. Yeah. They didn't do. They didn't make an well, app, the, or they didn't ingenuitize the future, or they didn't put their PPE degree to good use by getting yeah. involved in um a, the third sector. <laughs> do you remember that guy who won the lottery? It was in like the mid two thousands. He spent yeah. like all his money on like dirt bikes, and he like turned oh, yeah. his house into like a dirt and bike. And he got loads of jewelry and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and and they like, were just like constantly having articles about him yeah. just doing wacky and he, like, shit. Made his labor neighbors' lives a living hell for like eight years. That's until exactly. he bankrupted himself through spending all his money on dirt. But bikes. what else would you do? <laughs> what else? That's <laughs> what you should be doing. That is your legal yeah. obligation. Yeah. Yeah. That is to waste your money. And yeah. then he won the lottery again. I don't think I'm making this up. He won the lottery more than once. And he went bankrupt more than once. This is the only person who deserves to have a lot of money. Because rich people, they just like hoard it so they can sit on top of exactly. it like a dragon. So contributing to the economy. Social, mobi- exactly. yeah. Social mobility is a, is a pointless idea because it just enables the children of rich people to become very rich. Um, and they don't even buy dirt bikes, yeah, they which is cool. Yeah, this, is, this is the real trickle-down economics, is we could yeah, all become same. dirt bikes. This, this is really advanced Keynesianism right here. <laughs> Everyone just needs to buy a fucking dirt bike right now. We, no, Britain needs to become a country <laughs> of... Britain needs to become a country of ATV driving people. <laughs> With mm. a dirt bike left. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Get on, bitch. We're doing socialism. (laughs) Yes. Social mobility is hard and it's complex, but the solution isn't to ditch any attempt to achieve it, play politics and give up, which I think is what Jeremy Corbyn's doing. I think he's trying to freeze everyone in their current class positions, according to Justine Greening. Justine Greening was in the Tory cabinet and then resigned. She literally played politics and gave up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why does Jeremy Corbyn want humble mine workers to wring their flat caps and doff them at their betters? <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn famously loves deference to nobility, to be fair. The man basically is a believer in the great chain of being. This is, this is like, yeah, god damn it. The article just gets out a protractor to measure Jeremy Corbyn's bow at the next cenotaph ceremony or whatever the fuck. But the sol- okay. Uh, instead, let's make a decision that the status quo simply isn't acceptable anymore. And and what, Justine Greening? To be fair, the members of status quo should cut off those ponytails. It's, <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys, let's you're in your seventies. Let's make a decision that the status quo simply isn't acceptable anymore. And what? Politely ask businesses to offer more apprenticeships. Yeah, yeah. Structural change is actually anti-ambition. What we need to do is be less ambitious, which in a way is encouraging more people to be more ambitious because we're not being ambitious. Thinking too is back. We're taking up less ambition space. It, it makes you thinking too. Mm. Uh, well, well, that was an experience. Uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all fired up. I have to go see a PC music show now. <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on today. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you it's have anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, no, I don't. Um, stay off the alcohol, stay off the drugs. Yeah. But stay on the hallucinogens. Yes. The good, that's the good shit. Those aren't <laughs> drugs. <laughs> um, visit Albania. And the social mobility as well. 
yeah. make sure you stay on that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do I have something I want to plug? I do. Um, this when- is going to come out on Tuesday. On, on Dang Tuesday. So, um, on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, the 3rd of July, there will be a smoke comedy featuring um, TF favourites Piano Valley and Aiden Taco Jones. Oh, ra- Aiden Taco Jones? Rack, rack off, off Bill. <laughs> Get away from me, fucking truck. It's Aiden Taco Jones. Um, I think... I, I think I said this the last time we spoke, but he is the opposite of Andrew Law from Bunta Vista. Yeah, he's the most... Yeah, no, the way Taco sounds is much more like this. Oh, mate, it's fucking brutal. That's... <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, well, so... Well, if you're going to listen to Bunta Vista, Andrew Law sounds quite a bit more like this. Well, good morning. Uh, anyway, good morning, Lucy. Um, if you'd like to come to Smoke Comedy, the link to the tickets will be in the description. You can come along. You can see Aiden. He'll be talking about how he's a cocaine baby. I'm sure that's mostly what he talks about in his stand-up. Andrew Law has the same cadence as Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Okay, I've just yeah. realised that. If you're if you if you're a fan of Trash Trash Future, <laughs> which like I guess truck, you can keep it, which I guess you still would be, at Illy Boshin on Twitter and tell him that he sounds like Australian Barack Obama. Um, otherwise, uh, we Andrew have Hussein Law, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Sharia Law, please. Oh, uh, yes, um, very good. We have uh, live shows on August eighth and at Birmingham Transformed, and on August tenth at the Edinburgh Fringe, and um, on July eighth, we will be able to announce a very, very big announcement for something we are going to do in September. So we're announcing a forthcoming announcement. <laughs> <laughs> what? This, this, is this is very this, Soviet this Union. This is a PR fucking email, except a podcast. Yeah. Mm. Uh, d- yeah. And if you, you pay I'm 30 excited. quid a month for the Patreon, we yeah. could organize this for you much more efficiently, and there will be yes. hockeys. Yeah. So, 30 quid a month is the, it, you hogs. I'm just, 30 I'm just, quid a month is the drink the acid from the sink tier. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just excited, but I'm going to be in New York for when we have to actually announce it, so I at least want to do the teaser announcement. Anyways, um, so I think that's all from us. Subscribe to the Patreon. You all know what to do. Oh, buy a shirt. Yeah, buy a shirt. You can email us to buy a shirt. It says sold, what if- oh, we sold over forty of the shirts, so come buy buy a shirt before yeah. they're all gone. Buy it's a shirt. Very exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, they, they are, are very exclusive. We're excluding people from them. You have to give do a questionnaire. Don't there'll worry. Be a, there'll do be a one hour walkthrough with Milo when he teaches you <laughs> about wear the features of the shirt. Mostly, mm. it's just an excuse excuse to get on cam with Milo to see him shirtless. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Milo's I'm, cam I'm girl demonstrating now. achingly slowly putting on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's like weirdly ripped because he's still sort of homeless. So, yeah. You know, you do want to sign up for that. Yeah, you do. I, I'm getting <laughs> jacked, guys. That's me. <laughs> All right. Uh, later, After everybody. Fight the other homeless people that's why i get so ripped okay actually actually later everybody bye fight me